Robin Bremer is a best-selling author, a publishing coach, and a business developer. She has written over 50 books and published and promoted many other authors' books to the bestseller status. She got her start by paying almost $2,000 to publish her first book. She also had to pay $12 a book and buy a box of books. This is the same story of many other authors who just paid too much. After publishing her own books for years, her passion is to help other authors be successful in writing, publishing, and promoting without emptying their wallet or purse. She does this through her podcast called Self-Publishing Bestseller, Hints, Tips, and Interviews. To learn more or to start the publishing process of your own book, go to www.robinbremer.net. That's R-O-B-I-N-B-R-E-M-E-R dot net. Welcome to It's Supernatural with Robin Show, where we share personal experiences and scriptures on how you can walk in the supernatural. The show is mixed with off-grid living, toxic-free lifestyle, and a touch of politics. Join our host today for today's podcast, and remember, it's natural to be supernatural. What to do in the courts of heaven. What to do when you don't know what to do. When you are not living like heaven on earth. When things are not going well. When um, you just are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Of your, yeah, the enemy is coming against you. You're not getting the promises that God gave you. You're not uh, having prayers answered. You're not having the provision that God promised you. I'm going to go over. Uh, in the courts of heaven, what things to repent of. Because oftentimes, if we know about the courts of heaven and we go to the courts of heaven, uh, they're pretty fast we think of, well, what else? Why is something still not happening? What, what am I missing? And I was going through a situation and I asked God the same question. Okay, I repented of all the lists I found under Terry uh, Spencer all the lists that I found under going to the courts of heaven and I still I had lots of awesome break breakthroughs but I was still being harassed in some areas and I couldn't figure out why and I I asked God what is it that I need to know or that I'm missing okay what is it that I'm missing about the courts of heaven I, and and I didn't know what else I could repent of so I prayed about it and God gave me a list and he kept building onto this list and people would ask me and so I have a list of that, and you can get this list uh, on a download at the end of the video when I post my live video. I'm going to post uh, where you can get this PDF file to download and use for yourself. For fir so first of all, let me quickly review the, the, the courts of heaven. A lot of people have a problem with the courts of heaven. They're just now stepping into it. Because they think, well, the blood of Jesus washed away all my sins, so why do I have to go to court? You're free. Well, the reason is because Satan is a legalist, and he will find any loophole, anything in your history that was that he could get his foot in to use against you. Anything in your bloodline that he could use against you, anything in your history he can use against you. He's going to. He has teams of angels searching this out, so they can keep you from the promise of God, so that you think that God is withholding it from you. And it's not God. It's the devil. And the reason the devil can do this is because he has something legally on you. He is a legalist. So let me get a drink real quick. Mm. 
lemon water and ginger. I'm on a keto diet. I love lemon water and ginger. Mm. I've been doing a consultation before this, so my voice is a little bit dry. Okay, so what you do, if you look in the Bible for legal terms, all of the Old, new covenant, old and New Covenant both talk about legal terms. It's a legal contract. It's a, a legality. It's a covenant of love, but God made rules so that he could keep his people safe and prosper them. And Satan finds loopholes and uses that against you. So, what I'm going to go over is what loopholes he finds and how to close those loopholes. Okay? So, um, maybe I should finish up a little bit about the courts of heaven. Uh, so, what you do is you trust your imagination. You trust the Holy Spirit in you as your leader and your guide. And you go to the courts of heaven and you repent of whatever God shows you before you go or while you're there. And I find it easier to lay in my bed, especially after a dream or understanding, and just repent of that, whether it's for me personally or for my bloodline. And then I go to the courts of heaven. And I've already done all the work. I just, you know, repent of all that stuff. And then I go to the courts of heaven and ask for a judgment against the enemy who has had a legal loophole and ask him to apply the blood of Jesus. And when he applies the blood of Jesus to give me a verdict, uh, the blood of Jesus makes me innocent even though I'm guilty. The blood of Jesus takes away that sin. And so I am free from the consequences of that sin that I repented of, either in my ancestral line or myself personally. And then I ask for a verdict. And these are some things, when you go into a brick door, sometimes you think, well, I can't think of anything I need to repent of. And God gave me a whole bunch of stuff uh, that we all can repent of if you are still not living like heaven on earth. Okay, and if you want to understand more about the courts of heaven, go to Terry uh, Spencer. Is that his right name? All of a sudden, I keep thinking of Terry Fader because I'm a ventriloquist. <laughs> and Terry Fader is a famous ventriloquist that I know. <laughs> so I keep waiting to say Terry Fader. So I think it's Terry Spencer and Mike Pearson and a bunch of other names. At, on the last page here, I have a bunch of links so you, to all the other people that teach about the courts of heaven, how to get their books and everything. So you can do more research. So let's start. Now, once you find out that you can't think of anything more to repent of or you're having a, a problem with a situation in your family, almost all the time it is some kind of curse passed down to you through the generational lines. Okay, so here are some of the things that you need to do. Number one, check your biological family history, okay? Now, what country is your family from? What wars originated from that country? What history does that country have? And what are the people in that country known for? What do they worship? Like if your ancestors go back to... I'm uh, Historically wise, my ancestors are German, Irish, and Scottish. So I need to go into... The, uh, what God showed me about the Germans is there were um, people who fought uh, in the German war. There are people that came against us and, and cursed us who fought in wars. And then the German people, I had to repent of one of my ancestors uh, was in the German war as a German and had involvement in Nazi camps and killing. And I had to repent of that. God showed me, uh, I think it was like, like a love triangle or something also uh, about something to do with Germans. So you want to go back in your natural biological history and find out about that country of orig origins. Number two, you want to check your um, 
What do you know about your mother, father, brother, sister, aunts, uncles? What stories can you find out? I know in particular, for example, I remember my father telling me about his father, which was my grandfather or great-grandfather. He was telling me about that he had a peg leg and that he would walk one day that they snuck up in the loft and the brothers were fighting and the one brother thought the other brother was under the loft so he threw a bucket of water, dumped a bucket of water down the ladder onto what he thought was his brother but it was his grandfather and his grandfather chased him around the barn with his peg leg. And so stories like that, maybe within that story that created a, a spirit of trauma in somebody. So the more stories that you can learn from your relatives about your relatives, the more tools that you have that you can repent of. And it doesn't matter if you repent of something that the devil is not using and that is not illegal in the devil's terms. It doesn't matter. It still clears up your, your, clears up you. So you can't overdo this. Okay. Okay. Uh, Number, let's see what else. Okay, what trauma, sicknesses, histories, and illnesses, mental and physical, are in your natural family, your brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles, grandfather? Those uh, show that there is some kind of, of um, legal opening. If you have a history of diabetes or a history of heart disease or a history of trauma, anytime you go into the hospital, that opens the door for a spirit of trauma to attach itself to you. You need to command it to go and repent for agreeing with what the doctor said and so on. So number two is, what do you know about your biological family? Okay, all their histories, their stories, do research, ask questions, find out about what trauma, what, what cults they were involved in, were they involved in the Shriners, the Masons, secret societies, were they involved in the occult or cults? Uh, find that information out, do your research find out now this not only shuts the door of legal activity of satan holding against you but it opens your gateways your gateways we are considered gates and doors and your gateways are physical i mean are spiritual and in your soul and in your physical body and for example in your physical body sex is a gateway when you have sex with someone else intercourse Every spirit attached to them is coming onto you. You took a part of their soul and gave them a part of your soul. You need to repent of that. Everybody that you had sexual intercourse with, those are gateways. Um, uh, what you see, hear, taste, feel, and smell, and your emotions are all gateways. So, you know, ask the Holy Spirit if there's any anything blocking that so that the Holy Spirit can flow out of you and walk in supernatural power. But I'm getting sidetracked. Okay, so number three, repent of individual sins and this is really important word curses are anything that you said negative about anybody else anything that you said that makes somebody else look less in someone else's eyes is a word curse and not only does it hurt them but it hurts you because you are proclaiming over them something that is not god's destiny and your mouth was made for blessing not cursing so repent of all the word curses that you agreed with and spoke over for example, if you ever said to your child, oh, you're nothing, you're just like your father, you're never going to amount to anything, or somebody spoke over that over you, repent of it for them, repent of it for yourself, because those are word curses, they are real, they really affect you, they really open doors, okay, um, repent of agreeing with anything that uh, the enemy has said, 
uh, for example, if you go to the doctor and he says that you have this problem and you sit there and you agree and you start telling your friends, I have this problem, pray for me. I have this problem, pray for me. And you tell 20 people, 20 times you confess something that was not God's destiny for you. If you're going to say that, say, the doctor said that I have this problem, but I'm believing that that's not God's destiny for me. I'm believing that by the stripes of Jesus I have been healed. You know, something like that. Okay. Um, repent of wrong mindsets, strongholds. Repent of all negative emotions. Because negative emotions create stuff in your body. I need to write something down. God just told me another one. Okay. <laughs> that creates uh, physical things in your body. Repent of agreeing with wrong words that did not agree with the destiny that God has for you. Repent of things that you allowed your eyes to see on TV, in billboards, in magazines, newspapers. Repent of things that you've allowed your ears to hear. Um, in the radio, TV, anywhere, uh, gossip, whatever. Repent of those things that God brings to your attention. Number four, use the Bible as a tool to repent. Start in the New Covenant, go through the Bible, find things uh, that you can repent of. Uh, for example, uh, like if you start in... Ma uh, Matthew, Mark, you know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is really the old covenant because Jesus didn't die yet. So start Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Start right after John and go through each book. Find things in there that, that it says that God doesn't like or, or it causes trouble or opens doors or you, you shouldn't do it as a, as a believer. For example, uh, you might want to repent of things like homosexuality uh, or a debased mind or uh, lying or, you know, just different stuff God will bring to your attention. But use these as a template. Use this as a jumping off and a starting point. Um, one of the things that God showed me that was really unique was I was I was counseling some people, some two different situations of counseling people. And <clears throat> they were telling me their family history, something that their child, their grown child was doing wrong and that annoyed them and that and and I said to them God said to think of all the emotions that child is feeling that's going through that experience and all the emotions that you're feeling and then repent of that for example my daughter for, I'm not saying this I'm saying for example somebody might say my daughter's into um, uh, and she brings home a different guy every night so uh, I would think of this okay how does my daughter feel my daughter is looking for love so we're gonna think about love okay she's looking for uh, attention she's looking to be needed okay so how can I pray about that so father I repent of not loving my daughter like I should I repent of 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 not being there for her when she's needing me to tell her how wonderful she's doing that she's valuable and she's loved and so think of those emotions that somebody that you, you oops somebody that you want to repent or negative emotions think of of what they're feeling oops and repent of those things uh, that you didn't do it or fulfill it or whatever it kind of, I hope you kind of get my drift if you get my drift say yeah I understand um, okay so you can go through the Bible and go back over uh, that open you know everything in the Bible that'll, that'll give you a lot of ideas what to repent of number five what about the property that you live on or the house that you live in? Did you know that the house, that they say that, that 
the house that you live in, the walls maintain, all the words that were ever spoken in that house are absorbed into that wall because it's electromagnetic um, fields, it's, it's vibrations. Words are vibrations and they stay in the walls. So you might want to repent of the things that were spoken in your house, the events that happened in your house before you had your house and after you had your house. Uh, and all the words that we've ever spoken are out there. They, they never disappeared. Those vibrations, those words that we spoke, every radio transmission, every TV transmission, every words we ever spoke are out there. They have proved that they are out there, uh, that they never disappear. That's why you can turn on uh, a radio and receive the transmission because the transmission is out there. You just need the tool to receive that transmission. So uh, think about the property that you live on. What happened on the property? Was it an Indian sacrificial ground? Um, was it dedicated to the devil? Was there a murder there? Was there, you know, what happened in your house? Um, what happened to the people building your house? Uh, and, and so on, because we're all interconnected. So those are some other things uh, to, to uh, repent of. Now, number six is... And this was proven scientifically. Number six, what things have you brought home from sales, auctions, got given to you by a friend? Think about that. Ask the Holy Spirit. Um, if there are spirits attached to those things, every time I get something, I buy something used, I always command every spirit attached to it to go back to where it came from. So there might be some videos. There might be some clothing. There might be something in your house. Uh, some kind of a statue that was ded dedicated to a god or that represents a god or represents a religion that you might want to get rid of uh, so that you can walk in the supernatural things of God, that you can have everything and access everything the blood of Jesus gave you to have. Satan might use that as a tool legally against you. Think about the movies that you watch. Um, I have to repent of that a lot sometimes. Okay, so um, number seven. This is something God told me just today knowledge well actually this is something he's been teaching me for quite a while i've been doing looking at this for quite a while and it's very fascinating <clears throat> knowledge um where have you been getting your knowledge it's a really big one have you been getting your knowledge from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil okay when you have a symptom on your body where do you go do you go to the internet to see what that symptom means and then do you start getting in fear about that symptom or do you go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what is this? What does it mean and how do I get rid of it? Okay, so where are you getting your knowledge from? Are you getting your knowledge from the knowledge of good and evil? Or are you getting your knowledge from being led of the Holy Spirit and eating from the tree of life? Okay, very, very important. Because you got to remember that Satan is the God of this world. So what does that tell you about a lot of the information out in the world? Okay, think of pharmaceutical. Think how they figured out how to make money by covering up your symptom, which causes you to have more symptoms and need more medicine instead of going to the root of the problem and fixing the root. That's just one example of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. And I'm not saying medicine is bad. Thank God for medicine, and I'll use it in an emergency situation, uh, but not, not if it's not an emergency Not if it's not emergency situation i will try to use it you know be led of the holy spirit i'll use uh, other things that are natural and get to the root of the problem ask the holy spirit is does your knowledge when you have a situation does your first response go oh my god 
and and go to the specialist of the world or is your first response is oh my god thank you lord show me what to do okay so what tree are you eating from do you know what the word symptoms means when you have a symptom on your body it means a physical or mental feature that is regarded as an indication of a condition or disease particularly such a feature that is apparent to the patient now isn't that interesting Okay, symptoms are often lies. Symptoms are Satan sometimes testing you to see what you're going to do. If you're going to agree with him or if you're going to agree with God's destiny. Now, I did not say don't go to the doctor or the dentist or the hospital. I'm just saying now before you need it, start practicing and start asking God. Start asking the Holy Spirit. He's in you to teach you. And by the way, one of the things I asked the Holy Spirit was, Holy Spirit, what's the difference between the work you do and the work the angels do? Because sometimes when I pray, I don't know whether to command angels, ask angels, tell angels, or ask the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said. The Holy Spirit works from the inside out. The Holy Spirit works with my thinking, my mentality, my understanding. The angels work on the outside, orchestrating and setting up situations and circumstances physically and manually moving people into the right places and the right strategies where the Holy Spirit works from the inside empower, giving us power from the inside using our body as a vessel to touch the world on the outside okay okay then the next thing is um, dreams number eight God talked to me today he said dreams are an awesome tool that God has given to speak to us and the Bible confirms that Pay attention to your dreams. When you are going through trauma, when you are going through the same situation over and over and over, and it doesn't change, you went to the courts of heaven, you're not getting answers, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you in a dream and write down your dreams. And don't make it a complicated thing. If you're asking him to reveal to you what the cause is, and he he shows you something, take that as that is the cause. Repent of whatever he shows you. Now let me give you an example of what a dream I had this morning. And that's why I added dreams on here. Uh, this morning I had, I've been asking the Holy Spirit what's been hindering me in a certain area of my life. And so I always interpret, almost always interpret my dreams if I feel they're important. And I pretty much have an answer right away. That's one of the clues to know that this is a Holy Spirit dream is I get the answers right away. But it didn't used to be like that. I had to think, what does this symbol mean to me? And, you know, ask the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I had to look it up. And see what the symbol meant. And then I said, yeah, yeah, that means that to me too. So this is a dream he showed me. Because I wanted to know what is the legal entry that Satan was holding against me in a particular circumstances. The scene was a schoolroom. And oftentimes in my dream, I'm in school. Always in school. Either I'm on a big bus, dri driving a bus, or being a, driving a van. I drive a white van in my dreams all the time. I have a white van. And I'm always on a bus. And I'm always in school, almost always in school. And um, this is one of the, what he showed me. I was in a schoolroom. I was on the second floor, which means I was in a heightened place, a spiritually high place, learning from the Holy Spirit. And I felt as though I was being, uh, my learning was being oppressed. And the first scene was a, there were people from another century when they did those, like the, the dance of, the kings and queens, they did a dance when they hold their hands and they circle each other. And I didn't see the dance, but I felt that it was at a dance. And one woman got jealous of another woman and she picked up a rock and smashed the lady in the side of the head with a rock and killed her. 
Then the next scene was, these words were sent, said to me, a Muslim man was killed in, the, in this room previously. And that was meaning the room, the school room that I was trying to learn from. Okay, so when I woke up, I repented of my ancestors' spirit of jealousy and murder in the situation of one woman killing another woman that happened in centuries down my, in my bloodline. And then I repented for generations back that have killed, uh, that, that a Muslim man was killed in the room that I was trying to learn from. I repented of those things. And I knew that, uh, that that was what the dream was about. And so pay attention to your dreams, uh, symbols and signs. Everything almost always is some kind of symbol and sign. Uh, if you see if you see a dream of one of your kids dead, don't think, oh my God, my kid's going to die. Most likely, it's a symbol of your kid dying to the things of the world uh, and, and being raised up in Christ or that he's dead to not hearing something. Don't think that it's a dream that Satan's going to kill your kid. Of course, you can plead the blood of Jesus around your kid and send the angels and everything else. But don't freak out because almost most likely that never is what it's about. Okay, so interpret your dreams. And one thing about dreams is the Holy Spirit that came upon uh, Daniel to interpret dreams is the same Holy Spirit that is inside of you and we have a better covenant. So you have a spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and discernment and a spirit of dream interpretation. Okay, so trust the Holy Spirit in you. Call out the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have given me a spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and discernment in all things in how to interpret dreams. And I thank you that you're going to show me and give me understanding of what this dream means. Okay. And number nine, <clears throat> praying in tongues. I need to drink a water. Hold on a second here. <laughs> okay. Number nine, praying in tongues. I am an author of over four dozen books, and a lot of them are best-selling books. And the way and the reason that I wrote so many books is I spent lots of time praying in tongues. And when you pray in tongues, you get revelation knowledge. You get understanding in whatever it is you're seeking knowledge about. So praying in tongues reveals hidden things, reveals secrets, reveals even motivation of your own heart. It reveals things. It takes from the spirit realm and it brings it up into your understanding. So praying in tongues is another tool that you can use to um, have understanding of the courts of heaven. Excuse me. Now, if you haven't ever done this before, this is what I do when I get lazy. I set my phone timer for 10 minutes, and I look at it, walk around the house, and I pray in tongues for 10 minutes. By the time 10 minutes are up, I'm so into it, I set my clock for another 10 minutes, and, and another 10 minutes. But start with 10 minutes a day and, and time it. And keep focused on praying in, in the Spirit. And you will begin to get so many revelations and answers and deliverances and healings and energy and ministry. And, and well, the Holy Spirit just said something to me. He said, the more honor and the more attention you give to something, the more you will have it. So the more you pray in tongues... The more tongues will get easier for you, the more you will have revelation knowledge. Just like when I started, uh, asked God to see the angels in the sky, the hosts of heaven in the sky, and started taking pictures of them. I have, well, I don't know about millions, but thousands of pictures of angels in the sky. And I've written so far, I think, six books 
that I have teaching and then each page has pictures of the hosts of heaven in the sky. I see them everywhere I go. They're all over the place. And so the more honor and attention I give to the hosts that I see in the sky and take pictures, the more I see. At first it started and it snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And I'm seeing them all the time. I'm asking them what their names are now, what their jobs are now. And soon they'll be manifesting in my house because I've opened my house to the hosts of heaven. I invited them to come onto my land. I'm honoring them. I'm not worshiping them. I'm talking to them because when you partner with God, you partner with the angels. The angels are there to minister to you. They're there to bring answers about. So you talk to the hosts of heaven. If talking to angels is worshiping them, then you'd be worshiping your dog. You'd be worshiping your car because you talk to your car. Oh, you stupid car. Why'd you do that? Why'd you break down? You know, oh, dog, why'd you poop on my floor? Okay. Oh, I love you, doggy. You're not worshiping them. Okay. Okay. So praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues while you're sitting in the bathroom, while you're taking a shower. And I'm like a hot flash right now. And that's under the curse. And I'm not allowing it in Jesus' name. Okay. So in the bathroom, in the shower, in the elevator, walking to your car anytime. Pray in tongues. It's so valuable. It will change your life. I guarantee. And that's how, that's how I became an author. When I was 13 years old. God put it in my heart that someday I would be an author. I tried to write a book then. And and now they just pop out. I have so many books in me. I just don't have time to get them all done because I'm publishing other people's books and promoting other people. So I don't have time to do it for myself like I'd like to. Although I do want to do that because I bless other people and that's my job. My ministry, part of my ministry right now is sharing and teaching this stuff but also publishing my books and publishing other people's books and promoting their books so anyway so this is the list that the lord gave me oh one more thing he said um let's see oh sins he just added this while i was talking that's what i was writing down sins against your body what have you sinned against your body having sex with somebody outside of marriage is a sin against your body uh saying i'm fat i'm ugly i can't lose weight saying um I have a long nose. Nobody likes me. Um, I hate my hair. I'm too tall. I'm too short. Saying those things are sins against your body. God created you. Okay? And he created you awesome. And what you are doing is talking against a creation of God. Something that God created. He created you. So if you're saying bad things against your body, you need to repent of that. Because you need to be speaking God's destiny over your body. Um, I have uh, posture is one of the things that I'm working on correcting. And so I have to find scriptures on posture. I have to find scriptures on whatever I'm going through and confess and speak and decree them over me. Instead of speaking the negative about my body. Uh, instead of speaking against it. Because you're speaking against God. You're going against the destiny that he has for you. So you, want to, so you don't want to speak against your destiny. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If it was a blessing to you, please consider financially supporting us by clicking on the Sponsor This Podcast button. Any links mentioned in this podcast will be listed below along with any affiliate products, services, or partner websites. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your social media site. And remember, it is natural to be supernatural.